for the podcast. Welcome to Laws of Chanukah. This is from Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, which is the concise code of Jewish law. Siman, which means chapter 139. In the times of the second house, the second temple in Jerusalem, when the kingdom of Greece, the Greek kingdom was in power, they decreed decrees against the Jewish people. Ubitlu dasam. They tried to put an end to their religion. They did not allow them to be engaged in Torah and mitzvahs. And they extended their hands upon the Jewish, the Jews' uh, possessions and upon their daughters. And they entered the holy, the holy temple, and they broke and violated the temple. They contaminated that which was pure. And it was very distressful to the Jewish people because of the Greeks. They put a lot of oppression upon them. Until the God of our forefathers had mercy upon them and saved them from their hands. And the children of Chashmonai, the Hasmonians, the high priests, they became strong. And they killed off those who were attacking them. And they saved the Jewish people from the hands of the Greeks. They appointed a king from among the priests, which, by the way, was not the right thing to do. And Jewish kingship, Jewish sovereignty returned for more than 200 years following Hanukkah, until the destruction of the second temple, the second destruction. And when the Jewish people overcame their enemies, overpowered their enemies and destroyed them, when was it? It was on the 25th day of Kislev. The month of Kislev. By the way, today is the 12th of Kislev. So we're 13 days away from Hanukkah. Coming right up. So the Hashemunayim, after they did battle, they entered the holy Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple. They couldn't find any pure oil except for one jug, that still had the seal of the Kohen Gadol showing that nobody had contaminated it. That means that the Greeks went around making sure that they broke all the seals. And this jug only had enough 
to kindle one day's worth of the menorah. But they lit the, the, the menorah for eight days with this oil. Until they were able to crush olives and extract pure oil from Tekoa. Because of this, So the sages of that generation established, instituted, that these eight days that begin on the 25th of Kislev, that they should be days of joy and thanksgiving and praise of God. And that we light the candles at night time, in the evening, at the, at the entrances of the homes. Each night of these eight nights. Why? To show and to reveal the miracle. These days, these days are called Chanukah. How did they get the name Chanukah? That on the 8th, 25th day, they rested from being in the, under the oppression of their enemies. They rested from being under oppression of their enemies. That's Chanukah, Chanu, Chafei. The Oid, another reason that it's called Chanukah. In these days, they did the rededication of the house. Of God, the house, the temple, which had been contaminated by the oppressors. Okay, let's pause over here. Any questions or comment on what we read so far? I got a question, Yibyoshi. Vakasha. Since the Kahani were the descendants of Kagen Gadol, they could not, only Kagen Gadol could approve the oil for, you know. My my point is that when they started the war, you know, they didn't they didn't hope to get it probably because they could prepare the oil, but they probably didn't know that they were gonna be so successful, and uh, that could it be happened probably suddenly that they were able to capture Jerusalem, you know, and Benhamidus. That's uh, because in a long war they they could have done that they could have prepared the oil. Could be, could be, or, or, or um, they, they were too busy worrying about, you know, fighting off the enemy or running from the enemy. You know, they were hiding in the, in the, hill, in the hills of Judea, of Modin, that getting the oil was, was not a top priority for them. Okay, 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 thank you. Yeah. Speculation. <laughs> Anybody else, question or comment? Okay. Interesting that in uh, in the Megillah story, it talks about the day of celebration, uh, the day Asher Nachu Me'oyvehem. So Nachu and Chanu are the same letters. They both mean they rested from the from the from the war. V'noach Me'oyvehem. So. Okay, 
So he just finished saying that there are two reasons for the name Hanukkah. One is they rested from their enemies. The second is that it is the rededication of the temple after it had been contaminated. Velochein, and therefore, Yeshomrim, there are those who say, so this is like a double qualifier. There are some people who say, some rabbis, that it's a mitzvah to increase a little bit in feasting on Hanukkah. In other words, on Purim, we know that's a big thing. You've got to have a nice big feast. On Hanukkah, there is an opinion that you have to do it a little bit. So now he's going for a third reason of why it's called Hanukkah, because the original tabernacle that was built in the desert was completed in these days. So it's also the time that we dedicated the original temple tabernacle, the original prototype for all the ta- temples that we had. And you should tell your the people of your home the miracles that were done for our forefathers in these days. Look in Yosifun, Josephus, if you want more information. Nevertheless, even the extra feasting that we do on Hanukkah is not called a suda, a feast of a mitzvah. Unless you're going to say this meal, songs and praises, and we increase in tzedakah, this is unanimous, increase in tzedakah during the days of Hanukkah, these are extra special days to fix the, the uh, blemishes upon one's soul through tzedakah. So tzedakah, we know, charity has this power to fix us physically, spiritually. And on Hanukkah, that power is even in greater measure. Especially to support the those who study Torah, the, the, the paupers who study Torah to support them. Okay. Weiter gegangen. Okay. If you have a question, raise your hand. Don't be, don't be shy. It is forbidden to fast on the days of Hanukkah. So if you're doing intermittent fasting, speak to your rabbi if you're allowed to do it on Hanukkah. But the day before Hanukkah, the day after Hanukkah, you're allowed to fast. And if, God forbid, there is a funeral, one is allowed to deliver a eulogy whereas in the Hanukkah itself if there's a if there's a funeral during the days of Hanukkah there should be no eulogy when they say eulogy that doesn't mean you can't talk at the funeral but it means that rather it means that um, you should not you, just, you know give a eulogy in a way that causes people to cry 
rabbis today, they give eulogies. It sounds like a comedy show. It's a story, a this, a that. So that kind of eulogy you can give on Hanukkah. But the old style, where people made people cry, that you can't do on Hanukkah. Just like you can't do on any holiday. Hanukkah, Moter Basiyas Malacha. And Hanukkah is permitted to do work. It's not like Sukkot or Shavuot, you can't do work. Achanashim noagot shelolasot melacha. But women have the custom not to do any work. Kol zman shanerot babayit dolkim. As long as the menorah lights are lit in the house. You should not cause them to treat this matter lightly. The reason that women are stricter about this than the men. Because the decree was a particularly severe and difficult for the daughters of Israel. Because the Greeks had decreed. That when a girl was getting married, a young woman was getting married, that she had to have relations with the governor first. The oid, furthermore, because the miracle occurred through the hands of a woman. Who was it? The daughter of Yochanan Kohen Gadol. It was very beautiful. And the, the oppressing king solicited her. She said to him that she will fulfill his request. She gave him cheese so that he would become thirsty. And he would drink wine. He would get drunk. Yishan, he would fall asleep. Yirodim, he would slumber. V'chein hoya, so it was. V'chosch ha'esro yishoi. Trigger warning, she cut off his head. V'yatu l'irushalayim. She brought the head to Jerusalem. V'chiroi sartzavam ki avad malkom. When the general of their armies saw that their king had lost a major important part of his body, Vayonusu, they fled. So it was basically psychops. So, so before we jump ahead, so he gave two reasons why women have a extra kind of connection to Hanukkah. Number one, because the decree impacted them in a more severe way. And secondly, because the miracle happened through a woman. Therefore, now... In addition to that, this story with the cutting off of the head, known affectionately as the cutting off of the head, Therefore, there are some that have the custom to eat cheese-type foods on Hanukkah because in commemoration of the miracle that happened through the cheese, the milk, that she provided for the king. But I remember when I was a kid, her name was Yehudis. Yehudit. Any questions or comments? Are you all in shock from this story? You didn't expect you're going to hear violence. These are our, these are our heroes. These are our, our female heroes. Fierce.
All right, let's keep going. Kol Hashmanim, now we're getting to the lighting of the menorah. Kol Hashmanim, Kshedim, Lenei Hanukkah. All types of oils are kosher, are fit, they're valid for lighting the menorah. Nevertheless, it's best to take oil from an olive. Why? Because it's similar to what happened in the Holy Temple, the miracle, that's what they lit in the Temple, the menorah. And that was how the, the type of oil that the miracle happened with. So the whole point of the menorah is to remember what happened. So it's better to use the type of oil. But you don't have to. We may need Motsu if you can't find it. It's not available. Find a different oil whose light is pure and clean. Or uh, wax candles. Because their light is also clear, bright, pure. You shouldn't have two wicks that are woven together. Braided together, mishum like a like a like a havdalah candle, mishum dahave kimedura. This is like a torch. Elakol ner yechidi. Every every candle or every flame should be individual. Layasim yishayve shal bati avoy dezara mishum demois. You should not use wax from houses of idol worship because it is gross. Mois means. Maus is repulsive, disgusting. So just as all oils are kosher, and by the way, this is in contrast to Shabbat. In fact, a little uh, trivia here, where will you find the teachings about Hanukkah in the Talmud? There is no tractate Hanukkah because Hanukkah happened not very long before the Mishnah was written. And so there was no need to write about it because it just happened. There are also those who claim that it was because Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi had some uh, problem with the story. But the Rebbe does, rejects that explanation. The Rebbe's explanation is that it came after came soon after Hanukkah, so the whole Mishnah was written down reluctantly because you weren't supposed to write things down. It was only written, so it shouldn't be forgotten. Since it has just happened, uh, Rabbi Danasi did not make a tractate out about it. So how does it come up in the Talmud? Because the Talmud basically follows the Mishnah. If there's no tractate Hanukkah, how do you get to the laws of Hanukkah in the Mishnah? The answer is, it's in tractate Shabbat, chapter 2. And the chapter 2 of Shabbat starts off, which you know from Friday night, if you go to Ashkenazic synagogue, that's what they read every Friday night. With what type of, of materials can you light the Shabbat candles? And with what can you not? And the reason why in Shabbat there is concern about what you're going to use is because if the light's going to start flickering or go out, you're going to be tempted to relight it or to fix the candle or fix the flame. And on Shabbat, that would be a desecration of Shabbat. So you have to be very careful with what you use. You want to make sure that you're not going to have trouble. But on Hanukkah, it's different. Hanukkah doesn't matter. You, if it goes out, first of all, you could relight it if it's not Shabbos. And second of all, there's a whole question whether you have to relight it. As long as you lit it and it could have stayed lit, it's okay. It's a whole discussion in the Talmud. So you don't have to have 
the best wicks and the best oil for Hanukkah, contrary to, in contrast to Shabbos. So he's saying again, just like all the oils are kosher, all the wicks are kosher for Ner Hanukkah, even those that aren't kosher for Shabbos. It's a mitzvah, it's, it's best to take cotton, tzemer gefen. Tzemer gefen is cotton, right? Yep. That's how they call it today? It's not called, yeah. cot- it's not called cotton? How do you call it in, in, in Israel today? Cotton? Zemir. Yeah, cotton. Not semer gefen. <laughs> sounds too no. sounds too Zemir ancient. Semer gefen. Huh? Semer gefen. Semer gefen. Yeah. Okay. So literally, semer gefen is the wool of the vine. So you could see how cotton would would get that name. It's the wool of the vine. Boim vol, which is Yiddish for wool of the tree. You do not have to replace new wicks every night. So again, we're talking here about uh, lighting with oil. So your wick would still be available for the next light. You could reuse the wicks until they are no longer. If you're using an earthenware lamp, if you use it one night, it becomes old. You cannot light on it the second night, because it is repulsive. You should have a nice menorah on minimateches of different types of metal. If you can afford it, speak to your accountant. You should buy a silver menorah in order to beautify the mitzvah. Minhag Pashut, it is a widespread custom in our countries, in our regions. Kimahadrin minnamahadrin. Okay, so this requires a little bit of background as the Talmud talks about that you really all you have to do is light one candle per house each night. This whole idea that we keep, you know, we go up and up and up, one to eight, and that everybody's got their own menorah. This is mahadrin min hamahadrin. Mahadrin means those who are extra careful with the mitzvah. So there's extra careful, and then there's extra, extra careful, and that's what everybody does as the common custom in our regions. And what is that? That not only one person lights, but everybody lights their menorah. And secondly, that's already beyond the the, uh, basic requirement. But in addition to that, we start off lighting one candle, then we go to two, and then we continue to add until on the eighth night, we're lighting eight candles. You got to be careful. Now, since you got all these different people lighting the menorah, and you're being extra careful, you're ultra, ultra orthodox, but that creates a problem. Because if you put them all together, then it's not clear... What's happening? What night it is? It becomes a jumble. So therefore, you have to be careful to give each one its space. So you will be, it will be clear how many candles are being lit and which night of Hanukkah it is. It shouldn't look like it's, it's, it's night number 42. 
You shouldn't light the menorah in a place where you always light candles. So that again, it should be clear that these are the candles of Hanukkah. Okay, one more. Each person of every age, is there a minimum mandated age for participation? It's a great question we received in the chat. And the custom is to encourage the children to light the menorah from whatever age. You know, it's not a particular age. Three years old, well, as two years old, whenever they, they can do it. And they come home from preschool with the menorah that they made with the bolts uh, on the piece of slab. You light the menorah with them. Okay, number seven. Mitzvah ne'er Chanukah Pesach The mitzvah of Chanukah, light of Chanukah, is to light it at the doorway that opens to the street. Mishum Pesuminisa, in order to publicize the miracle that people walking by are going to see it. That is what was done in the times of the Mishnah and the times of the Talmud. So we're talking about approximately 2,200 years ago. I'm sorry, 2,000 years ago. These days that we dwell among the nations, Madlikin, this is Kitzel Shechanar, has written in Europe, Madlikin Darboy. So you light inside the house that you live. If you have a window going that's visible to the, to the public domain, you should light in the window. If not, you light it near the door. The mitzvah is that you should put it within a hand breadth of the door, doorpost, the doorway, from the left side of the doorway. Why should You should have the mezuzah on the right side of your doorpost. V'neir Chanukah mismal the menorah on the left. bimitzvot, and it turns out that you're surrounded by mitzvahs. It's preferable to place the menorah within the open space of the doorway. In other words, not near the doorway, but actually within the frame of the doorway. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to pause there and open it up to any questions and or comments. Going once. If someone is unable to get candles, e.g. in prison, highly flammable situations, do they forego entirely or should they, can they use electric lights? And if so, do they still say the bracha? So the electric lights is definitely recommended in a case where one cannot do candles. Do they say the bracha on electric lights? I'm going to guess no but I can't say that I'm 100% sure.
I recently heard from my friend, actually, this weekend, that there is a special halachic electric light, uh-huh. and they have depletable batteries. Oh. The problem with the regular electric is that they don't deplete. Yes. So those are special ones. They they deplete, and that's it. They are throwaway. Wow, wow, wow. So wow. They're, they're kosher. So I guess on them, you can list. Wow. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> It's, exa- there, it's exactly what I was thinking. Is that yeah, the, the the bulb doesn't really doesn't really approximate the miracle. And, and what about oil? What about oil? What about oil versus candles? Right. So he's saying that oil, olive oil, is the ideal, but candles are also kosher. I remember when he told you in old times back in, in old country. My dad used to make them from potatoes, you know, the, you know, you cut potato in a half, scrub, scrub it up in the middle and put some oil in it in a, in a week and it works perfectly. So you didn't have a menorah? No, no, we didn't make it from potatoes each year. Each year, wow. Yeah, wow, you wow. take potato, you know, from one, you have two, two candles you can make from potato, from one potato, big one, cut it in a half, put a standard, cut it up a little bit inside, put pure oil in it and some, you know, cotton, and that's it. But that's all you need. Wow. What's wow, wow, wow. okay. <laughs> uh, A couple of more questions. Where does. Charles, looks like you got. We lost you. Is there a certain height or distance from a door or a passageway? Well, the, the distance from the passageway we had that he said it should be within a handbreadth of the doorpost, okay. the doorway, and it should ideally be within the, the within the space of the doorway. As far as the height, we, we're about to get to that. We're gonna to get to that the next time. Okay. Uh, how about that uh, girl, Yehudit? She, she was, the, is it in time of the Chicago, the head of the- Each person. The, um, the story of, of Yehudit, I don't think it appears in the Talmud. Um, yeah, I don't think it's in the Talmud. There's a Midrash probably about yeah, that, right? exactly. The Shikato, the head of the king, huh? Oh. Right. And is, it, is it permissible that each... That... Deal, but you could have one for everyone. All right, and la- last question is serious. I promise. Is is there a, pres- a prescribed or selected or um, t- uh, as far as how long the candle should burn? The candle should burn at least for a half an hour, okay, and then so Shabbat. Yeah, and on right. Friday when you light them, you know, before the candle, the candle lighting of Shabbat which is 18 minutes before sunset. So it's supposed to light for 50 minutes because it's supposed to light for half an hour after sunset. So you get 50 minutes for, uh, for that one. So the Shabbos candles get lit first or the, or, or the Hanukkah candles get? Hanukkah goes first because once you light the Shabbos candles, you're not supposed to be lighting anything else. 
Correct. Right. <laughs> so it's the Hanukkah candles first, and then the Shabbos candles. Right. You don't want to box yourself right. in. Oh, there, there was a. And what about? Um, interesting. What about? Yes, that too, because you don't want to light, start lighting things before you have uh, a dog. Right. You know, you can't tell the players without a scorecard, so you got to have a scorecard to know how, you know, how, to, how to work this. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Oh, okay. Last one, last one. Okay. Hey, from, the, from the shamas to you, when you put the candles on... Which direction do you go? And then when you light the candles, which direction do you go? That's a great question. You, and why? you set and them why? up, you set them up and right, why? you set them up right to left, because we always do things right to left. But then you and left, you light them, from, you light them left to you right. You set them up from right to left. Right to left, but you light them left to right because you want to light the new one first. <laughs> yeah. all right all right one more one more no i'm kidding excellent question charles you win the prize for best questions tonight oh, here's one can you can you you need to lit them up with the shamash or can you use a separate candle you, so you have everything set up including shamash and then you use a separate candle to lit them up or you lit them up with shamash and then you stick the shamash. Yeah, that's, I mean, the shamash is, is, serves two purposes. One is to light the candles, but it's also to be there in case you're going to use the light for a mundane purpose. You'll be using the shamash, which is not one of the Hanukkah candles, and not using the Hanukkah candles, which you're not allowed to have any mundane use from. Right. So that's, you know, it is, you could divide those two things and have, you know, light the candles with something else. I, I remember my father using a match to light because the, 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 the shamash would, would, uh, would drip wax yeah. and could create problems and cause the floating wicks to sink. <laughs> so so I, you don't strictly have to use the shamash to light it, but it seems that it's probably better to use the shamash if you can. One last question. Sure. Why the story of you know Hanukkah and all that and they're calling books of Widow. It's a great question. I really can't answer for the Goyim. I'm not too familiar with the Bible. I did read the, the, the same, you know, that's what I'm saying. But the, two books of Maccabees, yeah. The reason that it's not in our Bible, because the, the era of prophecy ended to an extent, obviously, there's always prophecy and to some level, and returns also before the coming of Mashiach. But the idea of prophecy and what goes into the written Torah, the canon as it's known, is a specific type of divine revelation. And that ended with Esther. Esther is the last. Okay. okay. That's, uh, that's included. Okay, thanks. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us tonight. This has been a wonderful review of the laws of Hanukkah. I hope you enjoyed it. And we still have more to go, so we'll do it again another night and hopefully finish the laws of Hanukkah before Hanukkah 2022. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Laila Tov. Have a good night. Thank you. Good night. Thank you.